This evening we invite you back to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to read once again the first 11 verses for your hearing. We'll not be covering uh, all of these 11 verses tonight. We'll just be covering the last half uh, of the passage. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the fire fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the fire fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, Get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him and His work before Him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses tonight. Tonight we'll be picking up with verse number 6 for our study. This morning we covered the first five verses, and as we considered those first five verses, we noted a message of comfort in verses 1 and 2, that message of comfort being thy sins are forgiven, thy sins are pardoned, Uh, they've been taken care of, they've been paid for, and then in verses 3 through 5, we noted a message of preparation. Preparation for the Lord. The Lord is uh, uh, coming. Uh, And the question of are we ready for His coming? Now tonight as we consider the latter half of these first 11 verses of Isaiah 40, there are two additional messages uh, that we want to consider here tonight. And the first one is found in verses 6 through 9, and it is a message to be believed. A message to be believed. And then 
the second message tonight, which is found in verses, I said verses 6 through 9 for the first one, it's actually verses 6 through 8. The last message is a message to be declared, which is verses 9, 10, and 11. Let's look at the first message, which is found in verses 6 through 8. It says, The voice said, Cry, and he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Oh, we'll stop there with verse number 8. As we have in the past, we've asked questions about that of the passage. We would do the very same thing again tonight. Uh, and the first question we would ask is, who is the speaker? And who here in our passage is being uh, spoken to? Again, we're told of a voice. In verse number 6, it says, The voice said, Cry. The voice said, Cry. Now, the question is, is what voice? Who, who is speaking here? Whose voice is this? One might look up in the first part of the chapter and think perhaps that the voice that we have here in verse 6 is the same one that is found in verse 3. The voice of Him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. But the voice that is found in our text is different. The voice, as we noted this morning in verse 3, we go to the New Testament to find the answer to the question who whose voice it is. And it is none other than that of the voice of John the Baptist. Here in our text, it's not John the Baptist. But again, we would say to you that it is a voice. The voice said, cry. The voice said, cry. Something that you'll note here in our passage about the voice. Back up in verse 3, the voice was a voice that, voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. In verse number 6, the voice speaks and it says, cry. And then we read, and he said, what shall I cry? There is a response here in our passage, verse number 6, to that of the voice. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? Who is the individual that is spoken of here 
uh, or that is noted here under the pronoun he. The voice said, Quran. Well, I believe that we can answer the question who is the voice and who is the he? The he, I believe, we can say safely, is none other than that of Isaiah. Isaiah is, is the one who is the writer or the one who is the prophet here in the book. And I believe that we can safely say that the voice that is here before us is none other than that of the voice of God to Isaiah as a prophet. The voice said, cry, and he said, and if we take he as being Isaiah, Isaiah said, what shall I cry? And then we have the answer. All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. We have what the prophet Isaiah is commanded here to cry. And the message is found here in two parts. The first part all flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth the flower fades, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth the flower fadeth. There's the first part of the message. You say, well, why do you say that's the first part, Brother Steve? Because you'll note next, we have that of a conjunction. It's one of those conjunctions that we've heard a lot about here. It is that of a but conjunction. And it is indeed that of a big but conjunction here. But, we're told there, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So, what we have here is we have a message that is in two parts and actually what we have with the two parts is that of a contrast. The latter part being a contrast to that of the first part of the message. Now, as we contemplate the message here, and as we say the message here at this point in time, we're talking about both parts of it. As we put it into context, we have Isaiah the prophet. He is the one who is the speaker here, or the one who is to, to cry out the message. Now he's been told earlier in the chapter, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Isaiah and other prophets here have been called upon to comfort that of the people of God. 
And uh, the people who are being spoken of here is none other than those who are in captivity at the time. For as we said earlier, it's kind of a strange setup here. Isaiah is prophesying, and the, uh, what, what he's prophesying is for that of those captives that were taken that would be taken by that of the Babylonians. So in light of that of the earlier command to comfort, to comfort ye the people, He's been given, has been, been given that of the message of thy sins are pardoned. That surely is comforting. To know that your sins are forgiven. A message of preparation. We said preparation for the Lord because the Lord is coming. Truly, for those who are the children of God, for those who uh, have prepared themselves for the coming of the Lord. That's a comfort to know that He is coming, that He hasn't forgotten. But as we look at the message that is found in the verses that are before us, and especially the first part of the message here, the first part of the message, how can it be a message of comfort we would ask how can it be a message of comfort all flesh is grass and all the goodness thereof is as a flower of the field the grass withers the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it surely the people's grass the grass withers the flower fadeth Isaiah here is commanded to declare that of this message. And as you look at the message, all flesh is grass. Humanity is pictured here like that of grass. All flesh is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. All the goodliness, or we might say the beauty of it. The beauty of it is as the flower of the field. And all the goodness thereof is as the flower of the field. As we think of flowers in the field, uh, we see all kinds of different flowers in the field. Some colorful, some kind of with warm colors that kind of blend in with that of the, the grass. But note what he goes on to say about that of the flat, the grass and the flower of the field. He says the grass withereth. The flower fadeth. What is, what is the message here? 
What is being said with regards to that of the grass, which is pictured here as that of those who are, who are living here upon the earth? The grass withereth. When, when we think of something withering, what do we think of? We think of it drying up. We think of it deteriorating. Oh, it's at one one point. It's it's beautiful, but then, with that of the heat of the sun, the elements, the grass, it withers. It it dries up and dies, and the beauty the beauty of it goes away. This is a picture of that of humanity that is being set forth. And the transitory nature of that of mankind. Think of ourselves. We came forth, all of us, from our mother's womb. And I'm sure that after we had all came, uh, after we had come forth, there were friends and family that came and saw saw the new baby, saw us, and oh how how beautiful he or she is. And then, as time went on, we grew, and we grew and. Different things took place in that, out of our lives. Changes, changes took place. Some of them, perhaps, major changes. But then there, as we look around at each other, there came a time when there were some drastic changes that took place. And as the grass the grass withers. It begins to dry up. That's happening. That's happening also. Isn't it? That's happening also. Man. His, his time here upon the earth is very short. Very short in comparison to Eternity. And there's all kinds of things that take place in those years that we have here upon the earth. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Note. Because we're given a reason here. We're given a reason here. Because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, surely the people whose grass, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth. You know, it's not by chance. 
It's not by chance. Our, our allotment of time here upon the earth is not by chance. And the various things that take place in those years. As one has said, we're here one day and we're gone the next. Doesn't sound like a comforting message, does it? But I would draw your attention to the second part of the message here. There's a great big but at the end here. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Here is that of the message of comfort for the people of God. For those who were in captivity. Here was the message for those that were in captivity. Yes, there was a lot of a lot of things that had taken place in their lives. There had been a lot of water to go under the bridge, so to speak. And their lives. Oh, they had been lives that had been twisted, twisted and turned every which way. Hard and difficult times. They're still in captivity. The message is your sins are forgiven. The Lord is coming. And his word is sure. His word is sure. The word of our God shall stand forever. As we think of the very first part of the chapter here, we drew your attention to that of the way that the chapter began and the language that was used. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. The language here in verse 1, we told you was a language of that of covenant. Covenant language. The covenant that the Lord made with that of His people. Ye shall be my people, I shall be your God. And as we said, the Lord wanted these ones who were there in Babylon, who were in captivity, He wanted them to know and understand that yes, they may have forsaken Him, but He had not forsaken them and would not forsake them. What He had said, He would do. Now beloved, that's a message of comfort. What I have promised, I will bring to pass.
how does those how does the other part of the message take part or how does it come together with the message of comfort you might ask well the fulfillment of those words the fulfillment of them being brought back into the land the fulfillment of them as far as being established back in the land delivered from captivity some of them may not see it some of them may not see it. just like as we think about you and me the scriptures tells us that the Lord is going to come back we know he came and he said I will come again I will come again for you. He told His disciples that in John chapter 14. Did He fail in that of His promise? The promise that He spoke unto those disciples there in John chapter 14? I will come again? No. No, beloved, those words are true words and He will come again. But as we think about ourselves, just like the disciples, we may not be here on the earth to see it. But He will come for us. And the promise that we have that Paul gives to us in the New Testament is that the dead in Christ shall rise. Those which are upon the face of the earth shall rise. And so shall we forever be with the Lord. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And that I shall see Him. But the Word of our God shall stand forever. Every part of God's purpose, what God has purposed, will stand, will come to pass. A message to be believed. In verses 9, 10, and 11, we have a message to be declared. O Zion that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, 
and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently meet those that are with young. Here we have a message to be declared. A call given to celebrate. To celebrate God. To behold. To behold our God. You know, three times here in these verses, the word behold is found in verse 9 say unto the cities of Judah behold your God verse 10 behold the Lord God will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him behold his reward is with him and his work be for him Again, we have that of the theme of the Lord coming. We have Him pictured here in the passage as one one who is with a strong hand. His arm says shall rule for him. His reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. We have several pictures that are set here before us of our God. We're we're called, we're called to celebrate. We're called to behold that of our God here. And this is the message to that of the cap- captives. Look. Behold your God. The one who is strong and mighty. The one who is like that of a shepherd who leads his people, who tenderly cares for them and feeds them. A strong deliverer, a shepherd, one who is gentle and caring. This is the picture that is set before us here in these verses. Now, there are some who believe that here in these verses that we have a picture of that of a yet future time when the Lord will come. And that with this that we have both comings uh, that are spoken of in Scripture here in the passage. We have that of His first coming which is contemplated in that of verses 3 through 5, and we have that of His second coming, 
that is contemplated here in verses 9, 10, and 11. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. What comfort? Our sins have been paid for. We're forgiven. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And His Word can be depended upon. His Word can be depended upon. All right. Let us stand and we'll have that closing hymn.